Today is pre-recorded, so let's just swiftly move forward with the news. So the story today is an article from, um, it was a letter to Mariella Frostrop in The Guardian, and she just said some great things that I wanted to share with you. So the dilemma is uh, from a, a gentleman, he says, my wife recently left her iPad on our bed. When I picked it up to move it, I saw a message on the screen saying that she is arranging a solicitor to help her divorce me. This was a shock in itself. But when I saw the reasons why I was devastated, she is claiming she is the victim of mental and emotional abuse, which is news to me. And he ends with, I really don't know what to do or where to turn and yeah I feel for this guy that it's uh, he's not the only one there's many uh, men who are completely blindsided by this um, and the reasons behind it can be many but I thought Mariella's response was really quite pragmatic and of value to us all her response is a mediator question mark like duh it's obvious that there is a major chasm between your understanding of your relationship and your wife's I can't make a judgment on who is right and who is wrong and the accusations she makes are serious but in light of your apparent bemusement it makes it all the more essential that you two have a civilized conversation about what's going on that's where mediation is imperative um, there can be a little bit of confusion around mediation and often it's because it's used in this context she then suggests people go to relate now relate do do divorce mediation but they also do uh, counseling so mediation tends to be uh, used sometimes to imply talking things through as um, it, it gets confused with get, trying to get back together I don't think that's what Mariella, Mariella is suggesting at all here but she's absolutely right to get a trained person to sit between you because if you can't understand at all what the other person is thinking how on earth are you going to cut a deal and co-parent effectively if that's where things end up going? She says something else which I think is useful. She says, abuse is a word that is in danger of losing its potency. It's applied to such a broad range of circumstances these days that it really could do with closer scrutiny and more precise definition. I appreciate you don't like the accusation and it certainly doesn't put you in a good light. The best way to address it is to take a long, hard look at your own behaviour and to try to understand your wife's point of view. That's good advice. You know, even if the person is saying things which you feel are fundamentally false, you do at least need to take some time out to find out why they're saying it, because that could be quite illuminating. If you think you're innocent and she thinks you're guilty, then your individual positions are way too polarised for a heart-to-heart -to, -heart to bring you closer. And if your wife feels bullied and emotionally abused, it's really important for both your sakes that such a conversation takes place with a professional, professional counsellor or witness. And, um, and that witness might be a family friend, but it's a tough, tough job to give them. Um, I, it's best to use, it can be a mediator, it can be a therapist who does couples therapy. There's plenty of people out there who are trained but do get someone who's specially trained. I mean, I'm not, I've trained in many things, but I would never, never put myself in the position of sitting between a couple doing this. You really, it's too important to, to not have someone who can hold the balance of power really well. So just get someone who's properly trained in that skill set. Do not use 
roundtable lawyers in order to work out why someone says something. You need to sort this out way before we get onto the, uh, the legal bits and pieces of a divorce. There's not a line in your letter, and this is really, uh, I love this bit, there's not a line in your letter professing love for your wife or regret for the impending demise of your marriage. I appreciate that you've had a shock, but if your relationship is in the sort of shape you describe, shouldn't your first reaction be one of heartbreak and sadness? You really need to do some self-scrutiny and delve into what has happened both recently and historically. You do sound genuinely surprised by your wife's initiative and so I have to ask you to think a little harder about what could be driving her desire to separate. It's not enough to say lockdown was difficult but that you thought and that you thought everything was fine. That's only half the story and a relationship won't survive without both partners being allowed their narrative freedom. What a great line. Being allowed our narrative freedom that's, uh, that's my favourite line of the week. Thank you, Mariana Frostrop. Great response there. And we are going forward now to a pre-recorded interview with the expert of the of the week, who is Catherine Colas. Catherine da, is kind of queen of the hormones. She nearly lost her own marriage over this. So let's watch her story now. And perimenopausal means something to some people, but would it include um, having this crazy period where you're so emotional that you don't like your partner anymore, you lost your libido, you don't want sex, all of this is happening. Would you relate that to being perimenopausal? I think not, and I think that's half the problem. We're going to be talking about my favourite subject, and... I arrived at this place today because I went through a terrible time, 10 years of hell, I call it, going through menopause, had no idea these crazy symptoms of the crazy hormones could cause such emotional turmoil, including the fact that I hated my husband, he hated me, and we wanted to divorce. In a nutshell, we got over that. And, um, and now I create training courses to help people, not just through their relationship problems, but through menopause in general, either on an individual basis or at work. Hormones are um, a huge problem. I think the easiest way to look at it, especially for women and maybe for their partners, is that our reproductive system on a monthly basis uh, cause us to have fluctuations in hormones that can cause us to feel a bit depressed, a bit angry, a bit emotional, all those things. But come menopause, those feelings all seem to come together. So you have PMS, instead of on a monthly basis, it can be on a weekly basis. It's PMS on speed. And so I think understanding that you've had that in the past and relating it to where you are now, maybe in your mid-40s and crazy things are happening, uh, just stop and think about that. And before you start having mighty rows with your partner uh, and just going down the wrong road and thinking, um, this is a, a can of worms, this is work-life balance all gone wrong, just stop and think because it's not, it's hormones and it's just something else to be considered before you attack anybody. I think women should not be frightened of HRT and they should get expert advice 
I'm on HRT. Uh, it saved my bones because I was diagnosed with osteopenia, the forerunner of osteoporosis, and the estrogen uh, supplement helped to regrow my bones. So I, I think it's wonderful. But there are people out there, women out there, who don't want to, um, to take it. And there's a lot of myth and misunderstanding. And I'm not sure that GPs fully understand everything either. They haven't really had the training about menopause, never mind HRT. I recommend they get a referral to a menopause consultant specialist, not just a gynecologist. He must, he or she must uh, be recognized as having a lot of knowledge regarding menopause. And perhaps going onto the British Menopause Society website, to, to ask them to find advice, who's the best person I can go to. Aromatherapists are creating oils for calming and, uh, and lots of aromatherapists are doing this now. That's, that's something to try. And diet and exercise are key as well um, and relaxation. And I think just taking stock of your life when you're going through this crazy period, what is happening? And why? Am I going mad? I feel as if I'm going mad. But why is it happening now? And perhaps that might trigger how old am I? Because hormones start changing 35 plus. So it can happen sooner than you think. You may think it, it happens to women of 45, 50, even beyond that. But actually that when you become postmenopausal, about the age of 52 and it's those intervening years when these symptoms are just going crazy that lots of you need to ask yourself lots of questions and most of us don't do that because we are so busy but hormones play a huge part much a much bigger role in your life than I ever thought possible and if you're a, a husband who's thinking oh god might know this is definitely what's going on with my wife the last thing they can say is is throw the menopause at them because that can be yeah. uh yes yeah, just enrage them even further how, how how what can you wow my my life's falling apart because something's happening to my wife and she won't recognize it yes um i get a lot of calls about this my mailbox is full of my wife's going through menopause um i've done some research uh, she's the right age group, I just know, but she won't listen. I can't talk to her about it, you know, puts the hand up. Um, they have a row, and it's a very difficult one. Um, I've written a, a book, How to Survive Menopause Without Losing Your Mind, and that's got, that's got my story in it, and it's got lots of people's stories in it, including I've got a chapter for men, the men's room, and I've got a lot of men's stories in there. We've got men's stories on our website, and they've been very proactive where men have let their hair down and, and told a story of how their marriage has collapsed. You know, the, the woman of their dreams thought they'd end their lives with, and bang, come menopause, it's all gone pear-shaped. She blames him, and two years down the line seems to be the time when things calm down, but she is still not aware of the connection with her hormones. And I think that's the sadness of it. I think there's a lot of education needed for both men and women about menopause, about hormones in general, and what's 
what's happening, what's going on, what's causing these things to happen, and what can we do about it? And uh, my resolution, my solution is, if, if nothing else, write a letter to each other. And that's what I did. To save my marriage, I put my heartfelt thoughts in a letter because I couldn't have a conversation with my husband without shouting at him or him me or me bursting into tears. And, and that was the turning point that started us back on the road to recovery. It has massive impact, doesn't it, in the, in the workplace? I have to say it's ignorance on, on both parts, not understanding enough about the impact of hormones. And so a woman is defending herself when she's feeling absolutely awful and can't find the words to defend herself. And her manager and the panel if it's reached that stage, are just, you know, hammering into her about what's gone on, why can't you give us an answer, you've got 30 days to do something about it, that type of thing. And we can avoid all that with a little simple, few simple steps for, for managers, understanding menopause, how to support their teams in a simple way. And again, for women, we go a bit deeper into that, understanding their symptoms and how hormones are affecting their lives at work and at home. And then it helps just avoid these con confrontations, these conflicts where a manager is saying, I can't work with this woman anymore. Um, I want her out. And we know that's illegal. That's constructive dismissal. It's happening, and in some instances, uh, a DNA is being required. DNA, NDA, an NDA is being uh, uh, needed to be signed. So it can get silly, all for the sake of understanding um, a few things. And of course, their retention of staff would improve, and everybody would be happier. I can tell you that when an organization starts recognizing menopause, um, there's a change, there's a step change, and all of a sudden there's a sigh of relief. My company understands me, um, and now we can put a plan together for me to get through this. And what a simple way, it's so simple. Well, if their organization is recognizing menopause, they have a policy in place, then that will already have be signposted for them. This is what you do next. If they haven't, uh, they could always recommend, recommend Simply Hormones to their manager or HR or particularly equality, diversity and inclusion. Heads of those departments are particularly open to having that conversation. So if you have those people in your organization, go to see them. Say, I think I'm going through menopause and I think I know how we can resolve it in the work workplace because I'm having issues with my manager and it's not right. I don't know who to talk to. And if it's not in the workplace, if it's just in the home life, do you, is it a GP? What, and is there anything you need to be careful about that you're not sent down a road you don't want to go down? Yes. Well, as you know, there's, there's lots of rubbish on the internet and I've built up Simply Hormones over the past 10 or 12 years. And, and I've done it with um, authenticity and with honesty and everything in it. My heart's in it, same as, as my book. My heart and soul is in the business. We've got continued professional development accreditation for our training courses. 
But if they just go to our website, for instance, simplyhormones.com, there are blogs, there's so much information on there that that is just available to everybody. They can read other people's stories and what solutions they've chosen. And of course, we have our Facebook, The Menopause Hub, uh, which is a private group, and they can ask to come onto that. Uh, and I do a, a weekly show, just as I'm talking to you now, where we talk about stuff that's bothering people. But it's about looking after your health and well-being, uh, acknowledging your own health and well-being, and then that's a starting point. And I think that is the issue, particularly in divorce with women, is that often put themselves last and they don't look mm. after themselves psychologically yeah. but the ultimately it's not the the end of your sanity and your life <laughs> it's merely a transition that we all go it through is. yes I've, and i've come through the other side i started a whole new career as a result of it so there is life after menopause Thank you so much, Catherine. I love that. Life after menopause. Um, A shared story this week. I've just found something in the archives, which is a poem. It's actually the poem I share in my TEDx. And I'd like to share it with you now. Now, our marriage is spiralling, spinning beyond our control and we have wounded each other love lost bow broken ring thrown first we used silence as weapons then we used words and then fists the arms race was swift and impressive our hands are now empty they twist in the dust we have thrown everything away but our anger And still, we have to keep fighting. But there is one thing we can do together. Let's use the children as infantry. Let's use the children as spies. Let's bring them up with the director's cut, with spin and with spite and with lies. Let's use the children as weapons. Let's use the children as snares. There'll be plenty more years of reprisals if we make our unhappiness theirs. Such a powerful poem. Thank you, Claire Kuan, and thank you for letting me use it in my TEDx as well. Uh, she's a very talented poet. I thought I'd like to share this with you and you can see some theta healing in action. If you put the back of your hand on the table yeah. and just hold your thumb and forefinger together because we're going yeah. to do a little bit of kinesiology now yeah. to test your responses so you know what your unconscious mind is saying to you. Okay, you don't have to do this for theta healing to work, but it helps that you know what your unconscious mind actually believes because it might be different to what you think you believe. Okay. Really so, be you either hand will do, if this one gets tired, you can use okay. the other one, it doesn't matter. Right, so hold it 
reasonably firmly and just say, my name is Susie. My name is Susie. Now say, my name is Debbie. My name is Debbie. And it's not, and you've got a weak muscle. Do you want to try again? My name is Susie. My name is Susie. My name is Debbie. My name is Debbie. Okay? Yeah. All right. So where are we going to start here? Um, I think I like to do things that are to do with my uh, family breakup, although it was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. I'm sure, as well as I've done, that there will be things that are deep-rooted, mm -hmm. um, and it would be great to shift them, any kind of negative beliefs or around that sort of, uh, what was very, very traumatic time. Okay. Okay. Now, I'm just going to explain. I hold my hand here because I like to. Yeah. I like to feel the transfer of energy. It's actually not necessary. Okay. But it's just something I like to do. So, here we go. Um, this divorce feels like the end of my life. This uh, divorce feels like the end of my life. Now, you still hold that belief. It's still there even though you're 10 years further on. Yeah. So I'm going to remove that with your permission. Because my... Because my you you said yes. yes. Your, yes, your, yes, your, yes. your, your muscle tight muscle says, says yes. Yeah. Okay, so I'm removing it now. Okay, this divorce means the end of my life. This divorce means the end of my life. And the answer is no. It's gone. So how does that... How do you do that? Oh, well, how long do you want to be here for while I explain? <laughs> <laughs> the dummy's died. <laughs> no, it's, it's going into the theta brainwave, yeah. supervising the change and then just checking to see that it's done. But so, I'm very fast, so, so you don't realise there's all that behind it. But he's talking to my subconscious. I'm talking to your subconscious mind. Uh, okay. There's nothing left for me to live for. There's nothing left for me to live for. That's not true. Uh, I fear there's nothing left for me to live for. Oh, you have children, so that won't apply. Yes, yes. That won't apply. You everything to live for. All right, I'm redundant. I'm redundant. Yes. Removing that now. Uh, I've made a video exactly about that, being redundant at the end of a relationship. Removing that now. I feel redundant. I feel redundant. Other people see me as redundant. Other people see me as redundant. I feel shame because I'm redundant. I feel shame because I'm redundant. Yes. Removing the shame. I feel shame because I'm redundant. I feel shame because I'm redundant. Um, I fear I'm redundant. I fear I'm redundant. No. You're not redundant anymore. There's nobody who will want me. There's nobody who will want me. We're still there. Yeah, so yeah. removing that right now. <laughs> with your permission. Everything is done with your permission, okay? If yeah. you don't want me to do something, you tell. Yeah. Okay? Um, removing uh, nobody will want me. Yeah. Try again. Nobody will want me. Gone. I fear nobody will want me. I fear nobody will want me. Gone. Because my husband betrayed me, other people think less of me. Because my husband betrayed me, other people think less of me. Removing that too. Try. Because my husband betrayed me, other people think less of me. Go on. And how, how is it that, um, why, why is it people hold these beliefs for so long? They're like thought forms. They're like, your conscious mind feels that it's, it's worked its way through them. And it has. Mm. But at the same time, it's like a thought form that's been embedded in you. And yes. it hasn't actually been cleared. So uh, you press the right button and that'll come up for you again. Right. But it's there submerged. It's not there yeah. at the forefront of your mind. So that's why you, why you can't deal with it because you don't even know You don't even there. know you've still got it. Um, okay. Because I've been betrayed, others will think less of me. Because I've been betrayed, others will think less of me. And that's gone as well. 
I expect them to. I expect them to. I fear they will. I fear they will. And that's not there. All right, what other, what other aspects? Are these the kind of things that you find that people who are going through divorce or family breakup are really common oh, yeah. beliefs? Yes, yes, your, your whole sense of who you are and your validity goes. Yes. Right, so let's talk about validity. I am no longer valid. I am no longer valid. Right. And, oh, that, well, mean, and that means that's my yes, subconscious that's saying, yes. yes, I believe that. Yeah. Um, now, I'm going to remove that, but there'll be a whole bunch of, of reasoning underneath that, and it's yeah. conditioning as a woman that makes us feel like this. Okay. okay. Because I have been discarded, I am no longer valid. Try that. Because I've been discarded, I'm no longer valid. Removing that. Try it. Because I've been discarded, I'm no longer valid. It's gone. I believe this. I believe this. Other people think this of me. Other people think this of me. And that's not true. Um, right, validity. Um, this is a very strong one. Very, very strong. Without a husband, I am not valid. Without a husband, I'm not valid. And that's there. Now, this is, this is a strong one for women, in general, yeah. because we are conditioned to believe that we are only valid if we serve a, a man yeah. and look after the children. And even staunch feminists, deep down, oh, deep still down. Got, you can't, you can't down, choose got these it. beliefs. They've got it. Most yeah. people have got this one. Without a husband, I am no longer valid. Without a husband, I am no longer valid. Okay. I have failed as a woman. I have failed as a woman. That's a yes to, removing it now. I have failed as a woman. I have failed as a woman. And that has gone. Um, if I had been any better, he would have been faithful. If I had been any better, he would have been faithful. That's a yes. So, what we're going to do is remove that. Try it. If I had been any better, he would have been faithful. Right, it's gone. And the other one that goes with it is, I must be a failure because he was unfaithful. I must be a failure because he was unfaithful. And that's a yes. And removing that right now. Try it. I must be a failure because he is unfaithful. And that's gone. How are you feeling? So, it's so easy. <laughs> it's, it's much like, easier find, than any other therapy I've ever come What across. I find amazing is you're going into kind of quite deep stuff and yet it just feels fine. It's no, right. there's no do you feel the difference? Of, yeah, I don't, I don't feel uh, like I'm... I'm um, having to go into, deep yeah. into anything. It's very, it's actually very calm, the whole process, mm. which is what really surprises me. You don't have to feel the pain. Yeah, that's <laughs> your, your unconscious yeah. mind will just recognise it for you, yeah. and we will get shot of it with your permission. Yeah. So is there anything else that you find that people have gone through, um, you know, family breakup situations, perhaps guilt over parenting, uh, because that's a big thing, I think, oh, the whole single yes. parenting dilemma. Yes, yes. I... My children will be damaged because I'm not enough for them. My children will be damaged because I'm not enough for them. That's a yes, removing that right now. Now, let's just try this in parts. I fear my children will be damaged. I fear my children will be damaged. I expect my children to be damaged. I expect my children to be damaged. I believe my children will be damaged. I believe my children. And I believe I am not enough for my children. I believe I'm not enough for my children. That's a yes, yeah. and removing it. I believe I'm not enough for my children. I believe I'm not enough for my children. Half gone. Mm. Half gone. Now, I think there's a, a, a belief that children need both a man and a woman. Yeah. But given that that can't happen mm. in, a, in the home environment yeah. after a divorce, I'm going to give you, download a few receptors for an understanding of how it feels that given that that can't happen, mm. 
you have the resources and are capable of caring for your children and that they will not be damaged by your care mm -hmm. or lack of care. Okay? Downloading this into every cell of your body, every aspect of your being. Okay, so let's just check that that's happened. Given the circumstances, I am sufficient for my children. Given the circumstances, I am sufficient for my children. Yes. Uh, given the circumstances, my children will not be damaged. Given the circumstances, my children will not be damaged. And that's a yes. Great. Okay. That sounds so quick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And what's your message to people? Um, I mean, people can find different ways of dealing with the stress and difficulty of divorce, but why do you think theatre, or what stage do you think theatre should be investigated at the very least? To my mind, this is so dramatic in helping a person in whatever they're going through, that the sooner they get to it, the better. So it could really, if they're in a state of anger and fear, it's going to make a big difference to how they go through mediation. The anger, the fear, the betrayal, the lack of trust in yourself and in anybody else, the um, feeling that you're inferior in some way, or wrong, or um, just on the trash heap, whatever it is, um, it's useful to do this. It's not only useful, it's radically better to do this than not do this. It makes a huge difference. And, and so, I mean, a divorce is never easy, but it doesn't have to be as difficult as it seems to be for so many people. some final words in the war of divorce on the battlefield of family separation always always make peace your weapon of choice <laughs>